So, good morning, everybody. This is my first ball talk with J-Rob. I'm a little nervous, a little excited. Um, I got a lot of notes to talk about. Um, so, we're pretty much going to cover everything football-wise. We're going to do NFL, um, college football, my predictions on what I think is going to be uh, Roy, MVP, Heisman, we're going to do it all. So <clears throat> I think this last week was pretty was a pretty big week in football. Um, I think we need to like just talk about the elephant in the room off the rip. So as most people know, Andrew Luck retired from, from football this weekend. And as a football player myself... Um, it's sad to see, you know, a player decide to stop playing football just off the strength of their own mental health, being emotionally worn down, um, just not having enough in the tank and deciding they don't want to do this anymore. And Andrew Luck was a heck of a talent. I mean, to put it this way, when Andrew Luck was coming out of college, a lot of people believed he was going to be, what, the next Peyton Manning? Uh, John Elway, like, he was the next guy. That's who Andrew Luck was going to be. And this weekend, he decided he wasn't going to play anymore. And there's just a few things that about his retirement that I feel like I need to get off my chest. And I think the first thing being is, when are we going to start blaming the Colts organization for Andrew Luck's career? If we go down Andrew Luck's uh, injury report over the last, what, four or five years, five seasons, he's been hurt almost every year. He's one of the most sacked quarterbacks over the last, ten, over the last what, six years. You get, every year in the draft, you get him maybe one offensive lineman in a bunch of skill positions on a, in an offense that's usually based around their tight ends. So, you get this guy hit so much, and he's tough. I mean, Andrew Luck is a tough guy. I mean, but at the end of the day, he almost lost a kidney for you guys. I mean, he had a lacerated kidney, um, the shoulder. He didn't throw for almost a year. And then what? It's a calf, then it's an ankle. I mean, how much did you guys expect for him to take before he decided, I can't do this anymore? I feel like the Colts ultimately did him a complete disservice because they never gave him the protection he ultimately deserved. And for a talent like that, you don't let him squander. You don't squander a talent like that and not reap the rewards. Andrew Luck should have a Super Bowl by now. Andrew Luck should have been the MVP of the league by now. Um, And I hope Andrew Luck may decide to come back. I mean, he's only 29. He may just need to take a year or two off and figure out what, you know, if he still loves the game. But right now, he's, as he said, he... He's falling out of love with football. And I think it's important to know that you can only take so much. So at the end of the day, if you didn't get the guy any protection, you didn't help him get to where he needs to be, I mean, Andrew Luck was a heck of a talent. I think I also want to comment on the fact that Doug Gottlieb had the audacity to say that his that Andrew Luck's comments on being too mentally drained in football were 
millennial? What? That is, I don't know who pays some of these people to be on TV and make these comments. And so Doug Gottlieb doubled down on what he said recently. And he literally said that, you know, his reasoning on his comments was that he's a smart ass and he likes to stir the pot, essentially. I feel like, who are you to say that it's a millennial thing because he decides not to play football? I don't know too much about Doug Gottlieb's background, what he's done in the sports world, whatever. But if you know what it's like to be injured constantly, you don't know how mentally frustrating wear and tear that is. As an athlete myself, I've lost. I've broken a hand. I've had a concussion, a meniscus, two broken collarbones. And I've play with a broken wrist on damn near my redshirt freshman year of college. So when you constantly get hurt, it's mentally draining. It's wearing, especially if you're giving your all to an organization that's not really protecting you as a quarterback. So I think it's total BS that comment made by Gottlieb, and he should be ashamed of himself for thinking it was appropriate to say that. Um, I think the fans that booed Andrew Luck shall be ashamed of themselves too. He literally gave his body for the fans of the Indianapolis Colts. And you guys decided to essentially boo him because his body couldn't hold up anymore. He just wasn't where he wanted to be. So I think that's bogus and that's just my opinion. However, I'm wishing Andrew Luck the best. I hope he finds what he needs to find with his mental health. Um, and I hope he finally gets everything that he's looking for and he finds some peace of mind because Andrew Luck, you deserve it. You played, you're a heck of a football player. You did everything the right way and you deserve it. Um, as for the Colts organization, I think they'll be okay this season. I think Jacoby Brissett was hands down the best backup in football. I think if he didn't play for the Colts, any team could pick him up to be a starter. Um, he's won games, as we've seen before, when he wore a Patriots uniform. I think um, I think there's more than enough. I think there's more than enough pieces around Jacoby Brissett for them to be talented and to win games. I don't know if they'll go to the Super Bowl. I don't know if I don't know if they'll win it all, but. I do think they'll be pretty good this year. And I think you guys should all be tuned into that because I think they'll be a good team. Um, next, let's talk about Antonio Brown. I think Antonio Brown's the next guy we got to talk about. Um, the helmet grievance. Uh, okay, so here's my take on Antonio Brown. I think this helmet thing is absolutely ridiculous. Period. Just because, you know, I try to not bring race. I'm, I try. I'm going to try not to do this without bringing so much race and color into this. But at the same time, I am wearing a Colin Kaepernick jersey right now, so I'm still a little, still a little. You know, I like to stir the pot just a little bit. Antonio Brown. So, the helmet. I think. 
you got to give it up, brother. I mean, you lost your second grievance. I think it's over now, but just the whole theatrics of it, come on, man. I mean, you're a black man in the NFL, and you already know the microscope that as a black man in anything you're under is a lot different. You know that when they think of one black man, the assumption is made about every other black man after you. I don't know why you couldn't decide to just pick a helmet, but why does it have to be you? Uh, Andrew Ro- uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't like the helmet he had to switch to, but he switched. Tom Brady, six rings, had to switch his helmet, and he switched it. Nobody complained. They didn't like it, but they switched the helmet. Antonio Brown was the only guy who didn't switch the helmet. I do love what Mike Mayock said about him and that he had to decide whether he was all in or all out and he needed to be challenged because ultimately you weren't getting a new helmet. So you weren't getting your old helmet. So at the end of the day, either you live with it or you don't play football anymore. But to leave all that money on the table, that organization believed in you. So you owe it to them to play your best football. I think it's we are tired of I think I'm just tired of this whole... I like A.B. He's on my fantasy team. Like, I drafted him. I think A.B. is a heck of a talent. Probably top five, top three best receiver to ever play the game. At least statistically. But some of the theatrics, man, I I don't know. Like, I just... I don't understand it. Like, A.B. was a guy who... Not a lot of offers out of high school. Six-round pick. Went to a small school. I mean, where's that guy? Like, where's the where's the edge, man? Like, you, you can't have got this money and felt like you're entitled to everything because you're Antonio Brown. I can't I, I find that I find that hard to, you know, be a part of. Like I don't I don't get it, you know? I I, I don't really get it. And I feel like this season is big for Antonio Brown. I feel like this season is big for the Raiders. I think it's time for them to lock into football. I have been watching Hard Knocks. It's actually been probably one of the better seasons, at least, you know, with the funny stuff going on. Um, but just my thing on the helmet, I just feel like get over it. I mean, you can't complain forever. You got to get a helmet and wear it. Uh, so I think he found his helmet. I think he's all in now, so. That's my take on that. I just think it was being ridiculous. I think he was embarrassing himself. And, you know, as a brother, I feel like it just wasn't a good look. But that's my opinion. Um, I could be wrong. I could be right. But that's just how I view that. And, A.B., I'm I'm rooting for you this season, man. I'm rooting for you and Derek Carr because Derek Carr's fighting for his job. People may think I'm crazy for saying that, but he is. I don't, I don't think... John Gruden is 100% invested in Derek Carr. So I think AB's production is important for Derek Carr's ability to keep his job this year. Um, But yeah, that was my takes on Antonio Brown. Um, So after talking about Andrew Luck and AB, let's just get into my preview for the NFL. Um. So I'm actually really excited for this year. I think this year there are a lot of good teams 
that could go for a Super Bowl push this year. I think the Browns are competitive. I got to see what Freddie Kitchens does. I think you can't count out the Chiefs. You can't count out the Eagles. You can't count out the Rams, the Saints. Um, I think the Vikings will actually be pretty good. I mean, I don't know about Kirk Cousins in big games, but talent-wise, I think the Vikings are a good team. But if we're going to do my predictions for the Super Bowl, I think it's going to be the Chiefs. I think it's going to be the Chiefs versus the Rams in the Super Bowl this year. Um, I think Sean McVay is the best offensive mind in football. I think he's learned from what happened to him a year ago against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I think he realized that he was just outcoached. You know, he's a young coach. He was just outcoached by probably the the best coach in NFL in Bill Belichick, if not one of the best coaches of all time in football in Bill Belichick. So your first run to the Super Bowl, you lose to the GOAT, and it happens. I mean, not going to justify an L, but you lost. And I think he's going to come back. I think the Rams are going to be really good. I think Jared Goff is going to be a lot better this year. Um, I think he's going to be an MVP candidate. And then I think the Chiefs are going to be really good. I think if the Chiefs can figure it out defensively, I don't know how you stop them. I don't see how a team like the Chiefs with Tariq Hill, Watkins, Robinson, that rookie Hardman, and then you got the best quarterback in football in Patrick Mahomes. This is a quarterback-driven league. If you have the best quarterback, you can win. You can score points, you can win. If their defense can hold up, they'll always have a chance to win football games because Patrick Mahomes is that good. He is that good. And I've never seen a guy come out and do what he's done, period. I mean, when you say all the intangibles it needs to be a great quarterback, he has every single intangible. I mean, the arm talent, the throws, the arm strength, the accuracy, the reads. I think the only knock I can say against his game is that maybe sometimes he tries to be too great. He has to be, he's not just going to throw it in the dirt. He's going to go for the spectacular play because he's that good and he believes in that arm of his. I mean, period. I think the Chiefs will be really good. I do think people are not going to agree with this. I think the Cleveland Browns will be playing the Chiefs in the NFC Championship, and I think the Eagles will be playing the Rams in the NFC Championship. I think those will be our championship games. The Browns are just too talented. I mean, period. If we're going to talk about these championship games, the Browns are just too talented. I mean... People say, how's Odell going to work with Jarvis and Kareem Hunt? There's only one football. Is gonna... That team is going to average 30-plus points a game. Everybody's going to be able to eat on that team. Baker Mayfield is going to be an MVP candidate. He's going to give Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff a run for their money. Period. I mean, you have Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham Jr., David Njoku. Rashard Higgins and Antonio Callaway. Kareem Hunt and Antonio Callaway are suspended. They'll be back. But come on, what are we talking about here? The, that their offensive rosters, I don't see a more talented roster in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes would be a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. But I don't see an offensive lineup better than that. 
You have Nick Chubb in your stable, and then you get Kareem Hunt in eight games? Are you kidding me? Not to quote Stephen A. Smith, but Kareem Hunt cost, costed the Chiefs a Super Bowl. I think Kareem Hunt plays in the AFC Championship. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl, win the AFC Championship and probably win the Super Bowl. So, to sit here and act like just because it's the Browns, we haven't seen much of Freddie Kitchens, give it a break, you guys. The proof is in the pudding. Like, the team is that good. That team is that good. They have that type of talent. And that's just on offense. Let's not talk about Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, Christian Kirksey, like Demarius Randle, Denzel Ward. Like, defensively, they're loaded too. Sheldon Richardson. How do you stop that? If you can't outcoach that, you're going to lose to that football team. I know the, the saying goes, hard work, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. That team's too good. Too much talent, too much speed, too many playmakers. You better play them with the best of your ability because that team, on paper, too talented. So I think the Browns go as far as the Browns want to go. If they want to play together and be a team and everybody's egos are cooled off, that might be your Super Bowl team over the Chiefs. But right now, as the as we've not seen an NFL game yet, I'm going to pick the Kansas City Chiefs to represent the AFC. And for the NFC, I like the Eagles. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not a total believer in Carson Wentz. I mean, people may say I'm bugging and I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But what have we seen from Carson Wentz in a big game? Nothing, because he hasn't played in one. Look, I get it. He was going to be a Super Bowl. He would have been an MVP candidate if he didn't get hurt. But I saw Nick Foles get the job done. I didn't see Carson Wentz get the job done. So, ultimately, I can't just get on this Carson Wentz bandwagon because he signed the extension and number two picking the draft. And No. I got to see it, man. Like... Jared Goff, number one pick in the draft. First year, he looked like a bust. Year two and three, looked like he was a guy. Looked like he could get the job done. Went to a Super Bowl, won playoff games. He's gotten the job done. Yes, he has Todd Gurley, Aaron Donald, got a lot, but he got the job done. Carson Wentz has just as much talent on his roster as Jared Goff. So we're going to see what happens. I was one of the people along the lines who believe Nick Foles should not have left. You brought Philadelphia a Super Bowl. You threw for 300 plus yards in every game leading up to that Super Bowl. You've proved that you can get the job done. You can make the throws. You can lead the team. But you invest in your young asset, which I understand. So, hey, good luck to Nick Foles in Jacksonville. And I don't know about Carson Wentz. I hope he proves me wrong. Because, but I just haven't seen it. And I think... Carson Wentz is a heck of a talent. Heck of a talent. Just don't know what he's going to do when the lights are the brightest. So, we'll see. But Super Bowl predictions, Chiefs versus the Rams, I think it'll be a great game. I haven't decided a winner yet. I think I think if I can edge it, I think I might edge it to the Rams off the strength of their defense. I think their defense will be a little bit better than the Chiefs. Um... 
they have the best defensive player in football in Aaron Donald. So I think it'll be really hard to decide who, you know. Then they added Eric Weddle this offseason. Um, you still got Marcus Peters, Keeb Tlaib. I mean, pretty good team in Los Angeles. So offensively and defensively, I mean, they said Cooper Cup came back more explosive after the ACL tear. That's kind of scary. So we'll see. Um, but that's my prediction: Rams versus Chiefs. I haven't decided. Haven't decided who's gonna win, but Rams versus Chiefs. That'll be. That's my prediction right now. It may change, but I think I'm gonna rock with that throughout the whole season. Um, I think those are just my safe picks, but that'll be that. Um, rookie of the year pick. <laughs> I'm picking Kyler Murray, guys. I mean, I feel like who else is there to pick? You gotta pick Kyler Murray. I mean, this kid's generational. Period. He may be five foot ten and one one fourth, one third, whatever it was. He's generational. I've never seen a kid with this much speed, accuracy, arm talent. There's a reason this kid was a first round pick in the major leagues and in the NFL. Period. No, this kid has all the tools. He's a winner. The guy went 44-0 in Texas high school football. Let that sing in. 44-0. Then comes back to college He leave, after he leaves Texas A&M. He sits behind Baker Mayfield, one of the prolific, one of the most prolific passers of the football, in football, in college football, who wins the Heisman, and then Kyler Murray comes in, shatters everything, breaks every record, and wins the Heisman again. If the only thing, your only knock against him is your height, if the only knock against him is his height, then you don't know football. You got to just be a football player, man. Period. Like, Kyler Murray's a football player. I mean, I can't sit here and talk about how he's going to see over the line, this and that. Look, the kid plays out the shotgun. Drew Brees is six six foot with not nearly the same amount of athletic ability and talent as this kid. And he gets the job done. Russell Wilson, athletic, not Kyler Murray athletic. Kyler Murray is faster. May not be bigger, but faster, more elusive. And he's accurate as heck with the football. I I don't think the Cardinals. I don't think he's. I don't think he's the Cardinals are going to be anything worth watching in terms of like playoffs or anything. But let's be real here. He's got it. He's got the good generational talent. I think he's my Heisman candidate. I mean, he's my Rookie of the Year candidate. I'm gonna still. I'm gonna be riding his Kyler Murray. Train. I think one, he's gonna be a day one starter. He's gonna be started right off the gate. So he'll play a lot of football. And I think he'll be the guy. Um I think there'll be other guys who may be able to compete with him for um rookie of the year. I think Montgomery from Chicago. I think he might be a steal. I think I think him and Tariq Cohen are gonna be quite a tandem in Chicago. Um I think Josh Jacobs is going to have something to say. I think if Lamar Jackson can get Hollywood Brown the ball, he's going to have something to say as well. So there's going to be a lot of guys who are going to play. Um, I think, too, uh, I think that kid Josh Allen 
and Quentin Williams are going to have something to say, but it's harder for a defensive guy to win rookie of the year. I think it'll be Josh Allen or Quentin Williams for defensive rookie of the year. I think they'll two be the two to combat that. I think Greedy Williams is going to have something to say in in, uh, Cleveland, though. People say he can't tackle, but the boy can cover. That boy can cover. So we'll see. But I'm going to take Kyler Murray as my rookie of the year. MVP, Baker Mayfield. (laughs) I think Baker Mayfield is your MVP of the league this year. Um, I just think with the amount of weapons he has, and I think they'll win a lot of games, I think he'll have a 5,000-yard season. Maybe not 50 touchdowns. Baker Mayfield is going to make that push. And, you know, just on a side note, I hate talking about Baker Mayfield sometimes because he gets a lot more credit than Deshaun Watson does in Houston. But it's the Texans' fault. They don't give him a line. He has one receiver. His running back is gone. Deshaun Watson is just as good, if not better, than Baker Mayfield. But he doesn't have the weapons, doesn't have the offensive line. He runs for his life a lot. But he makes all the plays, he has all the intangibles, and he's going to be an MVP candidate one day. I just don't think this is the year. But I do think the Texans will find a way to get Deshaun Watson what he needs, and he will be an MVP candidate one day. But right now, my MVP candidate is Baker Mayfield. I think Jared Goff is going to have something to say about it, and I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have something to say about it. But right now, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to carry the Browns. I think they're going to be really good. I think they're going to be a really good team. And um, I will take Baker Mayfield as my... uh, I'm going to take Baker Mayfield as my Super Bowl pick. It's a fun pick. It's not a safe pick, but I think that's the pick to take. Um, Who else? What do we got on here? Defensive Player of the Year. Khalil Mack, Chicago Bears. Everybody's going to say, why not Aaron Donald? I think Khalil Mack is the guy, man. Like, look, we talk a lot about Aaron Donald. He might be arguably the best football, the best defensive football player in the league. But I don't think it's clear. Like, I don't think it's just Aaron Donald's number one. I mean, come on now. Khalil Mack, forced fumble, forced fumble recovery, sack all in one game. I mean, I don't know what John Gruden was thinking. But if we're going to go 1A, 1B, it's Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. Khalil Mack is that good. He's a freak of an athlete. You can't block him. You have to scheme a whole game around him because he's a game breaker. He will ruin an entire game. I think the numbers are going to be ridiculous this year. I think the Bears will be in the semifinals of the NFC this year. I think they'll lose before they get to the championship because I don't know how good Mitchell Trubisky is to carry a team all the way to the promised land. So I don't think it'll be any problem with the defense. I just think Mitchell Trubisky is still young, and he's not ready to bring a team all the way there. Dark horse, J.J. Watt, yeah. But he's been hurt a lot. You know, he's you know he got to play a full year, man. He ain't played a full season in a minute. J.J. Watt's always, but I don't think J.J. Watt is as good as a Khalil Mack, man. Khalil Mack is a guy. I mean, period. He's a straight-up stud. Will wreck an entire game, Period. I don't see a guy better than him aside from Aaron Donald. I don't think that's the only defensive guy right now to give him a run for his money as the top defensive player in the NFL. I think um, I was a DB, so I think there's some DBs that could 
give him a run for his money. I think um I think Weddle, I think Earl Thomas is gonna be good. Um I think Denzel Ward might have a year. I think Miles Garrett may have a year where he could say something. There's gonna be some guys this year that are gonna throw their names into that pot for defensive play of the year. Cause we got a lot of studs on the defensive side of the ball. Jalen Ramsey's gonna say something about it. But we're gonna see. AFC West, uh, I picked the Chiefs. But we're going to see. There's going to be a lot to say. A lot of guys are going to have something to say for Defensive Player of the Year. But I'm picking Khalil Mack to win Defensive Player of the Year. Like I said, I could be completely wrong with all my picks. These are my opinions. I could be completely wrong. I feel like it's easy to pick the safe route with some of these picks. But those are going to be my picks. Um, I'm still going to take the Colts, even with Jacoby Brissett. I still think the Colts win the division with... Uh, Jacoby Brissett at the helm. Um, <clears throat> comeback player of the year, Cam Newton. Cam freaking Newton. Cameron Newton does not get the fair his fair due. Everyone to be real, Cam Newton gets hit way worse than any quarterback. He don't get not one targeting call. I've seen Cam Newton get tackled in his helmet. Helmet to helmet, a number of times, no flags. No flags. Nobody does anything about it. So, I think comeback player of the year is definitely going to have to be Cam Newton. OBJ would be a good pick, too. You could say OBJ. Um, but I think receiver, playing wide receiver is such a dependent position. Let me just say this about being a wide receiver. You're a wide receiver in the NFL. You only go as far as your quarterback will take you. So if your quarterback can't get you the ball, you can't make plays with the ball in your hand, it's so dependent that it's hard to pick a, re a wide receiver to be an MVP or for any real award because it's so dependent on how good your quarterback is and can your quarterback get you the ball. DeAndre Hopkins is one of few quarterbacks that can make plays with any quarterback gives him the ball. But not everybody who's like that. So it's such a dependent position. I, I couldn't give a receiver. I can't give a receiver any real award. Um, so my comeback player of the year is going to be Cam Newton. I think DJ Moore. I think Curtis Samuel. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to help him get there. I think the Panthers. They're in a tough division now. But I think the division is tough because of them too. Not just because of the Saints. Not just because of the Falcons. I think Cam Newton is better than Matt Ryan. How you like that? Um, may not agree, but that's how I feel. I think Matt Ryan just has better weapons, but I don't think he's a better quarterback than Cameron Newton. Drew Brees is a better quarterback than Cam Newton. But not, not Matt Ryan. We'll see, though. We'll definitely see, but I'm taking Cam Newton. I think he's been banged up. We're going to see what happens with this foot. I think what's going to happen. I think what's going to happen with this foot. We'll see what happens with this foot, and um, hopefully it's nothing serious. He'll be in a boot. They say it's day to day, week to week, whatever. But I think he'll be ready week one to play. I think Christian McCaffrey's going to have an even greater season. I think this will be like the year that we talk about Christian McCaffrey as um, top five running back in the league. I think I just don't think he gets his fair shake because he's white. David Johnson's gonna be alright, but he the um the Cardinals are gonna stink, man. 
The Cardinals are going to stink, bro. I, I They're not going to be that good. They're not going to win too many games. I can't go with him. So I'm going to have to say, I'd say Cam Newton will be my comeback player of the year. Surprise, surprise, surprise team of the year. Surprise team of the year, the New York Jets. And that's not a biased opinion. If you know me personally, you know I'm a Jets fan. Surprise team of the year will be the New York Jets. They're the best team in New York. Best team in New York on paper. One of the best teams on paper. Sam Darnold will be one of the better players of this season. Will come out to be the next best young quarterback in his second year. The New York Jets will be the surprise team of the year. I think the only team in in their division that's better than them will be the Patriots. This is not a biased opinion. This is honestly, if we look at the facts, you got to have a promising young quarterback. You have one of the best, you have, if not the best safety in the league in Jamal uh, Adams. You have Quentin Williams, possibly defensive rookie of the year. Leonard Williams. You get C.J. Mosley in the offseason. I hope Tremaine Johnson gets his act together, but I think that's where we're weakest is at cornerback. But... Quincy Anunwa, Quincy Anunwa, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Robbie Anderson. Like, we got the players. Like, people are going to say this is a crazy pick because it's the Jets. But just look at the roster. They're better than the Bills. They're better than the Bills. And they're better than the Dolphins. It's without a doubt. They're better than both of those teams. And it's clear. It's not that it's not clear. It is clear as day that they're better than the Dolphins on paper and they're better than the Bills on paper. I'm taking Sam Donald over Josh Rosen. I'm taking Sam Donald over Josh Allen. I'm not taking him over the GOAT, but that's Brady. But we're going to see. I think they could give, if they go 1-1 one one with the Patriots this year and go 2-0 and versus the Bills and 2-0 and versus the Dolphins, don't be surprised if the Jets win this division. I'm telling you right now. If, if you're listening to the first episode of Ball Talk with J-Rob, don't be surprised the New York Jets win the division. Okay? Because the, the AFC East is not a good division. Period. They're not that competitive a division. That's why the Patriots have been in so many Super Bowls, have always had a first week bye in the playoffs, and have always had a home field advantage. They play in an easy division. That's no fault to the that's fault to the team for not being competitive. It's no fault to the Patriots for being that good. But the division is not competitive. It hasn't been competitive in a long time. The division has not been competitive in a long time. So, if we want to be real about it, this is the year the Jets will give a real run to the Patriots. And they could win the division. So, do not be surprised if they win this division this year. But that's my surprise team of the year. So, that's my NFL review. That's my my decisions on that. Um, actually, before we get off the topic of the NFL, Jay-Z. Let's, let's just get this out of the way, too. Let's talk about Jay-Z, guys. So, the Jay-Z, so Jay-Z is partnering with the NFL. Let's just talk about social justice. I haven't really understood all the details yet. I feel like I haven't got a clear understanding of what's going on in this department. But, guys, let's just see how this plays out first before we come and and decide what is what. Let's just wait and see. Because at the end of the day, Colin Kaepernick took a knee, and I'm wearing his jersey right now. I am for what the stand that he took. 
As a black man in this country, I am for the stand that he took. I do believe in social injustice. I do think there are a lot of dirty cops who have gotten away with the murder of young African-American males and females. There's a lot of people whose lives have been taken because of social injustice and bigotry and bias. But let's just see what we happen before we decide that Jay-Z is in it for the money and it's all for all the wrong reasons. Because honestly, guys, we need to change. Eric Reed, Kenny Stills, I love y'all for, for keeping this good fight going. Y'all need to keep sitting down. Y'all keep kneeing. You keep taking a knee. But guys, let's not let all these people create a narrative about us. Because at the end of the day, this is what happens. We get away from the reasons why we do things. And I, and I hate to get so serious right now because... But this is about my people. what People who look just like me. We sit here and we go back and forth. And we let the media create narratives like... How come it becomes Eric Reed versus Jay-Z? The whole point was about social injustice. But we create a narrative that becomes... Jay-Z versus Eric Reed, And we let the media change the narrative. Let's not change the narrative. That's why when Eric Reed got up there and said what he said about Jay-Z, it made me so mad because... Not because of what he said. Because I knew the, the narrative the next day was going to be Eric Reed versus Jay-Z. And it wasn't going to be about... And it wasn't going to be... It wasn't going to be about finding a solution. And, maybe, and Jay's not wrong. They could have fought a little harder for Cap. My problem is not what people were saying. My problem was how it was publicized. And this is the problem. It's so easy to take two black men and put them against each other. Because we fall into the trap. We fall into this trap every time. We let black we fall into the trap of allowing black people to be put against each other. I wish Eric Reed would have called Jay-Z and they would have had a sit-down conversation and hashed it out and put their grievances aside instead of allowing the media to create a narrative. The media loves to make a mockery of the black man. And they will always love making a mockery of the black man. So one day I hope we realize to stop doing that. To stop letting the media create narratives for us. Because that's what they did with Kaepernick. The whole reason for his knee was about social injustice and police brutality. And it turned into a disrespect of the American flag. We allow the world to change the narrative. He took a knee for the injustice that was happening to people that look like me and you. And he lost his job because of it. 365 for three years straight, this man has been in the gym waiting for somebody to hire him for a new job. And... We are letting the media change narratives about us, period. And I think that's bogus, and we need to figure that out. Okay? So, those are my takes on the NFL. Um, I, I'm going to talk about this again as it progresses, because I think this topic is important. So, we're going to talk about We're going to get into it again. Um, so, that's my take on the NFL. But, it's that time of year. My favorite time of the year is college football season. So, I always think college football is more exciting to watch than the NFL because in college football, realistically, it's winter go home. 
So every game is a lot. Honestly, every game is a playoff game. And I think that's what I love most about college football is that every game is big. Um, so college football preview. I think this year is going to be crazy. I think there's a lot of good teams and there's a lot of good quarterbacks this year. I think, um, I think Ohio State is going to be really good. Justin Fields. I think Clemson is not going to miss a beat. They're going to pick up right where they picked up from last year. Alabama is always going to be competitive, and they're going to have something to say, especially with Tua. I think Tua is going to play some of his best football this year. I think he's going to prove a lot of doubters wrong that he can't play against top-notch competition. I think Sam Ellinger in Oklahoma, I mean Oklahoma, Texas, I think they're going to be really good. I think Justin Herbert and the Oregon Ducks are going to be really good. And I think <clears throat> I think Jacob Eason and the Washington Huskies are going to be pretty good. So I think Ian Book and Notre Dame are going to have something to say. I think there'll be a lot of teams that have are going to have something to say this year. I think Jalen Hurts is going to show you guys that this narrative that he can't throw the football, I think he's going to dispel it this year as well. I think my playoff, my four playoff teams are. I think my four playoff teams this year. I'm going to take Ohio State out of the Big Ten. I'm going to take. I'm going to take Ohio. I'm going to take Ohio State out of the Big Ten. I'm going to take Clemson out of the ACC. I'm actually going to take Oklahoma out of the Big Twelve again. And then I think. Um, I don't think two SEC teams are getting in this year. I think it's going to be a Pac-12 team. I think either Washington runs the table or Oregon runs the table, or there might be one losses by each. But I think one of them will have one loss and get in. Um, I think um, I think there was some good college football that passed this weekend. I think um, I think that that Miami game versus Florida was. Comp- overshadowed some good uh, some other good games and we're gonna get into it um I feel like the fact that I feel like the fact that it was Miami versus Florida we all got messed up and decided what we thought and thought this was a big game guys let's be real Miami and Florida ain't done nothing in years <laughs> like who cares like who cares that's how I feel like who cares like what have they done really like really let's be real when has Miami been Miami? And when has Florida been Florida since Tebow? Like, why do we care so much? And why are they ranked? Why is Florida ranked eighth in the country? What did they do to deserve that ranking? Not a thing but a name. And that's just the cold hard truth. Not a thing but a name. Thought the game was good. I think it was an overall good game. It was sloppy in the first half. A lot of turnovers. A lot of three and outs. wasn't wasn't a lot of good football. It was good game though. In the end, I, I kind of figured Florida would win it. I would have loved to see Miami win. Just it would have been it would have been better than they would have created now that Miami football was back, even though it's not. But it would have been a better game. I, I think it would have been better. Um, I think the fact that um, Tate Martell didn't get the starting job at at the University of Miami, well. Don't I mean from the quote of Tate Martell? 
don't switch up and get it wrong again. But it seems like you did that, buddy. You shouldn't talk so much, man. Um, Von Tate Martell, Tate Martell, this is you're probably never gonna see this video or hear about this. Don't transfer again. Graduate from Miami, grad transfer out when you graduate and go from there, buddy. I'm sorry it didn't work out at Ohio State. Sorry it didn't work out of Miami. But don't don't leave again and like just grad transfer out and do it the right way. And don't tweet. Stop tweeting. It doesn't work for you. Um, I think this Miami-Florida game completely overshadowed the University of Hawaii's upset over Arizona. I don't think you guys noticed, but Cedric Bird II had four touchdowns for 224 yards versus Arizona in an upset win, a 45-38 win. We don't talk about it. Four touchdowns, 224 yards versus Arizona in an upset win, and we are not talking about it. So, that's how I'm looking at that. Um, my Heisman prediction is Trevor Lawrence's to lose. I mean, come on, guys. It's Trevor Lawrence's award to lose. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. I've never seen a quarterback like this, I don't think, ever in my lifetime. Except for Andrew Luck. Like, Andrew Luck, I knew. Like, when I saw Andrew Luck come at Stanford... I was young, but I knew Andrew Luck was going to be a guy, you know? Like, I think we, everybody knew Andrew Luck was going to be the number one pick in the draft. And our, our Robert Griffin III had something to say about it because he played some crazy football in that Heisman run. But when we saw Andrew Luck, we kind of knew this is the next Payne Manning. This is the next Elway. Like, this is the next guy. Trevor Lawrence is the next guy. Like, they beat Alabama by 28. The boy was 18. And threw for almost 300 plus yards and three touchdowns. And was slinging the ball around the field like it was nothing. So, it was easy. It was so easy. The ACC is in loaded. I don't know what team in the ACC is going to be just as competitive as Clemson. I don't see a team in the ACC beating Clemson. I think they got to play A&M. I think it's at a and I think that'll be their toughest game. I think Trevor Lawrence is a great quarterback. I don't, I don't think it's just a system. He's poised. He sits in the pocket. At the end of the day, if you want to talk about guys that fit a system, Tebow was a system quarterback. Lamar Jackson was a system quarterback. Even in the NFL, you have to play Lamar Jackson in the system. You can give Trevor Lawrence a chalkboard, some plays. He's going to sit in the pocket. He's going to go through his progression. He's going to make his read. He has nothing to do with the system. You could take Trevor Lawrence off Clemson, and you can send him to another school, and I think he'd still be just as good. He may not have the same talent, but as a quarterback, he'd be just as good. He sits in the pocket. He goes through his reads, and he's only 18. And he does it all really well at a very high level for somebody his age. I think he'll be the youngest quarterback ever. To win a Heisman. I think well, he'll be 19 if he wins it this year. He'll be 19 if he wins it this year. I think that'll be the youngest ever. That's ridiculous. If, I think if he... I think, honestly, if he doesn't miss the... If he doesn't split reps with Kelly Bryant the first four games of the year, we might have been talking about him for the Heisman Trophy. It would have been between, between him, Kyler Murray, and Tua Tagovailoa. 
and Dwayne Haskins. But he would have been in New York, without a doubt. Um, I think, I do agree. I do think it's a little easy for him in college. I think also there's going to be films. I think teams are going to throw some other things at him. But I think, if we want to be honest, if the draft was tomorrow, he'd be the number one quarterback taken. And it wouldn't be close. I mean, if you disagree, you could disagree, but the proof's in the pudding, guys. Six for six, two fifteen, can make any throw, sits in the pocket, can sling it, not afraid to get hit and throw the ball. It's his Heisman trophy to lose. hundred percent. Now, do I think there are gonna be some guys who are gonna have something to say about it? Yes, I do. I hundred percent do. I think I think Sam Ellinger is gonna have something to say about it. I think Tua Tagovailoa is gonna have to say something about it. I even think Jalen Hurts may have something to say about it. Justin Herbert as well. But I think the real dark horse in this whole... I think the real dark horse in this whole thing is Justin Fields at Ohio State. I don't know if you guys, everybody knows this, but Justin Fields was ranked ahead of Trevor Lawrence at high school. He was the number one player in the country, number one dual threat quarterback. He beat Trevor Lawrence at the Elite 11 to win the Elite 11 MVP. Completely outplayed Trevor Lawrence for the MVP award. I get it 707 in his high school. So I'm not going to read too much in the context, especially after Trevor Lawrence just won a national title. But we also have to understand that his decision to go to Georgia wasn't that smart. Because at the end of the day, Jake Fromm is not a bad quarterback, one. Two, Jake Fromm wasn't going to lose his job unless he completely stunk up the joint and completely laid an egg. And he never did. So... They couldn't really replace him because he didn't do nothing wrong to play himself out of the position. I think Justin Fields will have a year that we're gonna be like, okay, this kid is this kid is the next big thing. Like I think, I think their draft class, like when it's time for Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields to come out, they'll be one and two. And I think you'll have to really decide depending on how Justin Fields play. You're gonna have to really decide who you want to take because Justin Fields is like the tall version of what Russell Wilson is. I think he can run, he can make every throw, but he's six foot three. He's not five ten. He's Russell Wilson in a six three body. So I think Trevor Lawrence in and I think I feel like Justin Fields probably has had enough of hearing about Trevor Lawrence. If you come in with a guy ranked ahead of him Beat him out of high school, and then you see him win a national title. I would be seething. I would be sick to my stomach because I'm better than you, and I just saw you win a natty. You have a ring, and I don't. Now they both play for some great football teams, so we're going to see. They'll both have a chance to see each other. They can see each other in a playoff game or a national title. Don't be surprised. Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields is going to be musty TV if they get to if they make it to each other in the playoffs, which I honestly hope. Like I, th- I hope the national championship game is Ohio State versus Clemson because that's musty TV. That will be probably a grudge match to the end. I think a lot of bragging rights will be on the line, and two players who know each other whose careers have been intertwined, because they both played in Georgia, so they both had to hear about each other all the time. 
Best two players in the state of Georgia. Number one, pocket passer. Number one, dual threat. Both can make any throw across the across the board. Justin Fields will be my dark horse for the Heisman. I think it's Trevor Lawrence's to lose. He's the dark horse. Um. So I was uh, when I was deciding I was going to do this talk show. I said, you know, what do y'all want me to talk about in terms of football? I think um, one of them was my picks of the week for games. Um, I think the first week in college, if you got to take teams, take who's a lot of these teams are playing pushovers. A lot of them are playing either one double A schools or they're playing a team that has no business being on the field with them. So I take if they're favorite, take them. However, however, it wouldn't be a talk show if I didn't stir the pot a little bit, right? So I did some research, took some notes. If you're picking games this week, take Northwestern to upset Stanford. Now, this is going to be a tough one, and nobody's picking this. It's like nobody's probably picking this because Northwestern has to go on the road and beat Stanford at Stanford. I just think Northwestern is a lot better than people give them credit for. I think they always have been. Um, they win games. They, I think they're coming off two nine-win seasons. I think Patty Fisher, their middle linebacker, is a stud. I think he's going to be playing on Sundays for a long time. Um, I think Fitzgerald, their coach, coaches them really well. They play a lot of solid football. They're a great team defensively. And I don't think they get rattled. I think sometimes they play down to their competition, but they also play up to their competition as well. I think this is the upset to take. I think the Wildcats will come in to Palo Alto, and I think they're really going to give them a run for their money. I like K.J. Costillo, the quarterback at Stanford, but I just think Northwestern is built for a game like this. I think they're the upset of the week. Um, the next team, the next game is Oregon versus Auburn. Oregon, Oregon is actually ranked 11. Auburn, I think, is uh, 18, 13. No, 15. I think it's 15. They're actually picked to lose, uh, Oregon. Even though they're ranked higher, they're, the favorite team is Auburn. Don't pick Auburn. If you're going to take this game, take Oregon. Um... I think it might come down to a shootout. I think the game might 40. I think the game might be 35-40. Um, I would take Oregon for a few reasons. Justin Herbert knows that if he wants to be the number one pick in the draft this season, he's going to have to play some crazy football because people are going to say he should have left last year. And I think he knows that. I think he knows that. I think he knows that um, he should have left last year. If he doesn't play well, and that's what the narrative is going to be, you didn't leave last year, so you're not going to be number one pick in the draft. So he knows he has to play his tail off. I think he's more experienced. Auburn is starting Bo Nix at quarterback. I've never seen Bo Nix play. I mean, I sound like a hypocrite because I think Justin Fields is going to win a Heisman. Couldn't win a Heisman trophy. But Justin Fields plays some football at Georgia. I've seen him get in the game. He has the capability to be that good. You understand? Like, I haven't seen Bo Nix play any football. And they're playing a neutral field. There's no home. There's no home field. They're playing in um they're playing in Texas. They're playing in the Avocare Classic. Neutral field. I think CJ Verdell for Oregon is gonna be a monster. He had thirteen hundred thirty three yards total last year. Thousand from scrimmage, three hundred receiving. Stud. I think 
what puts Oregon over Auburn in this game is when you have a young quarterback that's never played, you can make him very uncomfortable. Make him very uncomfortable. Um, you can put him in a lot of different situations where he may not feel good. You can do a lot of different things. So I'm I'm gonna if you're gonna pick two games this week, pick all the easy ones. But the two ones that you're gonna have to think about, I would take Northwestern to upset Stanford at Stanford, and I would take Oregon to beat Auburn. I think both them. I think Stanford and Oregon aren't the favorite teams, so I would still take them. The payout would be better. Um, but I think Justin Herbert, Heisman campaign, and his experience is what's going to lead Oregon Ducks past the Cle- the Auburn Tigers. And I think coaching. I think the Northwestern Wildcats are going to out coach Stanford. Be out coach. Will out coach the Stanford Cardinal, and they will win. Um. So that's my college football preview for this week. Those are my picks this week. Um, yeah, so I think I'm about to wrap this show up, guys. I mean, I will actually, I did get asked some questions that I said I would answer. So I was asked, how do I feel about players sitting out for money in the NFL? Here's my thing, guys. If you know your worth, then don't go out there and play. I think it's okay for players to sit out for the money because look at it like this. You have you have probably about a three to five year window of your prime where you may be the top guy at your position. Three to five years if you don't play quarterback. If you play like running back, wide receiver, you probably have a three to five year window where you are the top guy. Maybe three to seven where you're the top guy. Guys get hurt, and in the NFL, there's not a lot of guaranteed money. So you can get hurt. Oh, wow. I didn't know there was a timer on live. So, yeah, they're about to kick me off in a minute. So let me just get this out of my way. Um, there's not a lot of guaranteed money. So if there's a chance you can get your money, go get your money. Don't sit out. Don't don't wait. Don't play. Don't possibly get hurt. You have that three- to five-year window to get your money. Go get your money and sit out if you have to. Because you get hurt, you let these teams give you less than you deserve. And we've seen guys like Isaiah Thomas and um, DeMarcus Cousins who have missed out on major paydays due to injury. So don't be that guy. If you decide to sit out, sit out. Um, And that's that. I have other questions, but I, I don't have enough time. I have literally a minute and 10 seconds before live literally cuts me off. Um... I want to say thank you to everybody that listened. I appreciate it. Um, like talking sports is what I want to do for a living one day. So Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp, I'm coming. And <laughs> this is only the beginning. And everybody who watched, I appreciate you immensely. Um, I was thinking about maybe doing this on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, let me know what you guys think. Uh, send me any feedback, any questions, anything I should talk about next week. Um, but this is the first episode of Ball Talk with J-Rob. Thank you so much for listening. And see you next time.